Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org slash OC. I'm excited to talk today. Um, I'm going to talk about a topic that everyone tries to avoid. Come on, are you, don't you love that when we go to church and they talk about the one topic you didn't want to hear about? That's me. So good luck. Uh, we're going to go, the title of my talk today is While We Wait. While we wait, and we're going to go to Matthew 25. This is Jesus telling a parable of his coming kingdom. Okay, so Jesus taught about how his kingdom would one day come back and he would return, and that there's just going to be this amazing reestablishment of the kingdom of God here on earth. And Jesus talked about this on his earthly ministry, recorded about 20 times that he talked about the kingdom of God or the the end of time or the return of the kingdom of God or the return of Jesus Christ. And this is in Matthew 25, him foreshadowing that moment. Verse one says this, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. For the foolish ones, they took their lamps and they took no oil with them. But the wise ones took the flask of oil for their lamps. And the New Living Translation says they took extra oil. I like that better. They took extra oil. Turn to your neighbor and say some extra oil. It's extra virgin. Come on, you get it? You'll get it later. Come on, guys. Relax. We're in church. You can joke. They're like, oh, you know. Don't you love it? Okay. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out. To meet him. And then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are about to go out. So Jesus is foreshadowing the time that we live in right now. Okay? So he's talking about this bridal party of 10 virgins, right? As a representation of the bride, which is the bride of Christ, the church. And he is the bridegroom. And in these bridal processions, they would sometimes last not just days, but weeks. It was this long party, because back in the day, they knew how to party. Come on. How many of you knew how to party back in the day? Some of you still know how to party. Come on. Right? So they knew how to party. There was a long, week-long party, and the bridegroom would leave at one point in the dinner, and then he would, it sometimes could be delayed. So when he's talking about delay, he's actually foreshadowing what we live in now. So when Jesus walked on the earth, right, he was the bridegroom in flesh. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So for 33 years, Jesus lived on earth and dwelt among us. And then he died. He paid the price for our sins. And then he rose again. And then he ascended into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit descended upon the church. The church began. And now we are in this waiting period, this delayed period. So when he said the bridegroom was delayed, he's talking about, it's going to be a long time, right? So they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. We're still waiting for Jesus to come. It's been about 2,000 years since he promised that he will return, but we know that he will return. But he promised that it would be delayed. He said it's going to take a while. There's going to be a time you think, oh, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. It's like, no, not yet. In fact, in Matthew 24, right before this, he encourages us and tells us, no one will know the time or the hour in which I will return, not even me. He says, no one knows. We all like to think we know, right? I grew up in the church, but no one knows. We always think we know when God's going to return. But Jesus clearly said, no one knows, and it will be a delayed, long period of time. And he's foreshadowing this, and he says, there's 10 virgins in the the church. This is the representation of the church. And they have their lamps. Now, um, how many of you have seen Indiana Jones? Come on. You know, we're in church. You can say, yeah, I've seen it. Some of you are like, no, I don't watch those movies. Well, you should watch. It's pretty good. 
So in the, in the movie, they have these torches, right? They oil soak the rags and they wrap it around this wood torch and he walks around. Um, that's that's kind of what the lamp it's talking about. It's a stick with an oil soaked rag wrapped around it. In fact, scholars believe that every 15 minutes you would have to dip this in oil and light it up again. So if you didn't have extra oil, uh, you were just being negligent. If you didn't have extra oil, it wasn't just about, oh man, I forgot. No, it's actually, it was negligent to do that because it was your job to carry the light in the procession as a part of the bridal party. You, your job was to carry the lamp. Your job was to light the way. So if you didn't bring your extra oil, you actually were, were, were not prepared to do what you were supposed to do. So we see that, that they, they have these lamps. They have, five of them had their oil, five of them didn't, but all of them fell asleep. See, the point of this story was not that the, that the church would fall asleep in the delay. It says everyone fell asleep. So there's going to be a moment in time that everyone fell asleep. But what he's trying to say is what happened when they woke up? What did they have when they woke up? So I want to talk about the three things that we can look at that what we need to do while we wait for the kingdom of God to come. Because it will come. It's going to happen. Guess what? Jesus will return one day. But I want to encourage you today, what are we going to do while we wait? Because I think that's where we've missed it in church. I think we understand the concept that Jesus will come back, but I think where we've missed it is what do we do while we wait for him to come back? Do we just sit around and just freak out every time something goes on in the news? Or do we have a mandate from Jesus saying, this is what I want you to do during this delayed period of time while you wait. This is what I expect from my bridal party. This is what I expect from the church. Church, we need to wake up and understand there's something that God wants us to do while we wait. Number one, are you guys ready? Turn to your neighbor, to your neighbor and say, get ready. Here we go. Number one, wake up. We need to wake up. Now, once again, it wasn't a matter of if they fell asleep. My question is not do we need to wake up, but it's what are you waking up with? Do you have the Holy Spirit in your life? So understand this. The Holy Spirit is not just an added extra. It's a necessity to our life as a believer. The, 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 the oil represents the Holy Spirit. What was the oil? The oil was the fuel for the flame. The oil was used for provision. The oil was used for healing. The oil was used for food. The oil was the substance of the day. In fact, it kept the flame lit. So when we are called to be the light of the world, it's impossible to be the light of the world without the Holy Spirit within you. Because he is the fuel that keeps us alive. He's the fuel that keeps us. So if we do not have the Holy Spirit, what are we doing? Jesus is saying, when we wake up in this time of waiting and you wake up and you realize you've had a form of godliness, but you've denied its power because you've removed the Holy Spirit from the equation, he says, that's not what I'm coming back for. He's not coming back from a church that plays church. He's not coming back from a church that does religion. He's coming back from, to a church that is alive and well by the Holy Spirit. He said, I sent you a provision, which is the Holy Spirit. See, the problem was this, it was negligent of the five virgins to not bring oil. It is negligent as us as believers to not walk by the Holy Spirit. It is the provision that Jesus gave us so we can make it in this life, that we can make it until he returns. We cannot make it on our own. And he gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift, as a provision to be the fuel that, that lights us up, that, the, the, the oil that illuminates the word of God to us. He says, I've given you the Holy Spirit. You need to have it in your life. See, they're procrastinators. How many procrastinators I got here? That's me. Ask my wife. I will wait to the very last second to pack before a trip. She's like, okay, let's pack. We're, you know, we're leaving tomorrow. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. 
playing video games, you know, getting it last. And yeah, I'm like 28. I play video games. Relax, okay? <laughs> Don't judge. <laughs> right? She's like, pack. Five in the morning, flight's going, oh, I got to pack. You know, I'm like throwing stuff in, right? And inevitably, you forget something, right? Then I'm like, Nancy, you forgot my swim shorts. She's like, no, 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 no. You forgot your swim shorts, right? Because I wait to the last minute. That's how some of us treat the return of Christ. I'll wait to get the Holy Spirit in my life. Woo! I'll wait. I got time. When I get married, I'm single right now, so I'm going to live me, all right? But when I'm married, I'll get the Holy Spirit in my life. But right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose who I want to marry. I don't want to be led by the Spirit. When I fulfill my plans and my career path, then I'll add the Holy Spirit into my life. But maybe the Holy Spirit is a different pathway for you. Oh, when I get this amount of money, guess what? Then I'll add the Holy Spirit into my life. That's, that's we're, we're waiting. We don't know when the time's going to happen. We're procrastinating. When this happens, when this happens, then I'll be led by the Spirit. God is saying, no, no, don't wait. That's your provision. That's what I've given you that you can make this thing. Right? Or how about, hey, when I make it through this difficult season, then I'll walk by the Spirit. You can't make it through the difficult season without the Holy Spirit. Or how about this? Life's really good right now. When things get difficult, I'll add the Holy Spirit. See, the thing is this. The Holy Spirit is not just going to add an extra when you need Him or when you feel like you want Him. It's the very essence of what we believe. It's the fuel of what we believe, that God is alive and well in us through the Holy Spirit. So in order to be who God has called us to be as the church, we have to be those who wake up with the Holy Spirit and understanding that God is alive in you, working through you right now. He wants to walk in step with you. He wants to lead you, guide you, direct you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to draw you into a deeper understanding. He wants to draw you into a deeper knowledge. He wants to fan into flames the gifts that have been given into you, but it's going to require that we are those who do not push off and procrastinate using the provision of the Holy Spirit. But today we wake up and understand I need the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, can I get an amen? So the first thing we have to do while we wait is we got to wake up with the Holy Spirit. The second thing we got to do is we got to watch. We got to watch. Now watch, it says this in Matthew 25, 13, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. Okay, so you don't know when it's going to happen. That's what he's saying. Usually when we say watch, we think of like in the end times, we think like everything's a sign, right? So we think it's like extreme speculation. Okay, I grew up Pentecostal. This is how my life works, okay? The harvest moon would come up. I'm like, oh my God, that's the blood moon. It's all over, mom. Oh, so dramatic. It's all over. I'm getting, you're, you're going to disappear. I don't think I'm right with God yet. You know, what am I going to do without you? I'm 13, right? Like this is the prayer of every Christian who grew up in the church. Lord, just let me get married first so I can have sex. Then you can end the world, right? It's like, God, then you can do it. Then you can do the rap. Give me like a year. Okay, give me a year. All right. You're being married, then take us away. All right. Like that's all I wanted. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Right. This is what happens when it's all about watching. Like I got to watch for the signs of the times. Oh my God. The iPhone comes out, Mark of the Beast, Mark of the Beast. Oh, you got it? Mm, that's interesting, Mark of the Beast. Well, now you have it, all right? So you got the Mark of the Beast, okay? Everything's the Mark of the Beast, everything's the entire, I'm like, when I was in high school and I was like going a little crazy and we're on a flight, I'm like, if this thing goes down right now, I'm dying in the flight. I hated flying for the longest time because I watched that stupid Left Behind movie. The pilot disappeared? What the heck? 
I got to do pilot lessons in case this thing goes down right now. Like this is what happens when the church thinks when it says watch, we become very like uh, intensely speculative and paranoid about everything. Okay. That's not what that word means. If you look out in, in the Greek text, throughout the Greek text, it actually means to stay awake. So he's saying stay awake. He's not saying look for every sign. Why? Because you're not, you don't know when it's going to end anyways. That's been our problem in the church. We think everything's the sign of the times. And guess what? Every time that we're always paranoid and we're frustrated, we don't know what to do. And guess what? Then, then we're just here like, well, I, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. And then we're so afraid. We're so full of fear. But that's not how God called us to. In fact, the same word is used in 1 Thessalonians 5 when it talks about the kingdom returning. And it's saying, stay awake because you're a children of light. You're not the children of dark. So it's when you have been illuminated to who God is, why are you walking in fear? This is not a bad thing when God returns. It's a good thing. In fact, guess what? As believers, we are spared the wrath of God. So why are we walking around afraid when this thing's going to happen? We should be like, this is the whole purpose of it. This is the whole plan. See, so the problem is this. Sometimes we get more afraid of the persecution of man than we are excited about the promise of God. So we think, well, the persecution of man's gonna come and we're gonna get hurt. Good, because if you kill me, guess what? I get to keep on living in the kingdom. I'm not afraid of man because the promises of God give me more hope. The kingdom of God is coming, but he needs a church to be excited about it, full of hope, full of faith. Why? Because that's what the light of the world will be to the rest of the world. If they are the children of darkness and they don't have no idea what's going on, and we as a church are just as afraid as them, what kind of hope is that? That's not hope. So when he says watch, it's not trying to be like so stressed out oh my lord christians we should be a little bit more relaxed can i be honest like sometimes it's just like it's a little too much they're like i love jesus you're like okay you stress me out okay so we're gonna have some space some boundaries i love you too right let's go we should be excited we should be excited why because that's what Jesus promises. So you either believe what he promised you or not. He's saying, quit trying to figure out when I'm going to come and just stay awake. Stay alive in my spirit. Stay excited, full of hope for the world to see that there's something different about this body of believers. Man, what's going on in this community? Everything's chaotic around, out, on the outside, but on the inside, they're, they're awake. They're alive. They're full of hope. I need that. See, the church, we've got to be we, we got to stay awake. So the first thing we got to do is we got to wake up. The second thing we got we to watch. But watching doesn't mean we're full of speculation and worry, but we're full of hope and joy and faith. Third thing we got to do is we got to work. We got to work. Matthew 25, 14, he continues on. He kept, he, Jesus talks in parables, but then he gives other parables to help bring clarity to the one before that, all right? So when you read Jesus' parables, read them together. And it, what it does is it brings a deeper understanding of what he said first, okay? So it started in Matthew 24, finishing in Matthew 25. It says this, For it will be like a man on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted them his property. I'm going to stop right there. He's talking about Jesus going on a journey, and he says he has entrusted us as his servants with his property. So everything you have in your life has only been entrusted to you by God. He has entrusted you with his property, let me put it this way. He has entrusted the church with the world. He's entrusted us with people. 
It's entrusted us with people's souls. What are we doing with it? He left and said, here, I trust you with my property, not your property. I trust you with my money, not your money. I trust you with my gifts, not your gifts. I trust you with my people. They're not your people. He has entrusted us with his property. It says this, to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, to another one he gave one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them. Say at once. He went at once, right away. He traded with them. He made five talents more. So also the one with two talents and he made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went in and dug, dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled their accounts with them. So sometimes we look at the story, we kind of feel bad for the guy with one, right? Yeah, that guy, that guy got, he got the short end of the stick. That other guy got five, the other guy got, he got one. We have to understand a talent would be like a year's worth of wages. So he got more than enough than he needed. He, did, he wasn't lacking in anything. But look at his nature. In fact, it says, when the, when the master comes back, he says, I knew you to be an angry man. So I hid what you gave me. Look at his perspective on the return of God. He was afraid. He was afraid. So I just tried to protect. See, this is what happens when the church approaches the return of the kingdom of God in fear. Paranoid. We become paranoid self-preservation. We try to preserve ourselves, preserve what we have. We become so paranoid. The end times is coming. The end times is coming. It's happening. We're in it right now. And we're all like stressed. And then what do we do? We then try to self-preserve everything we have. That's not the kingdom of God. We are not meant to bury what we have and sit on it. We're meant to get up and work. See, we don't know when the time or the hour. Why? Because it's like a homework project. If you knew when it was due, sometimes you push to the last day to do it. God has given you the day that you live in today. Guess what? Tomorrow does not exist until you wake up tomorrow. So why are you so full of anxiety about tomorrow? Why don't you get to work today? God has given you this day to steward. He has given you your gifts, your talents, your abilities to steward today. He's given you your family to steward today. He's given you your finances to steward today. The talents that you have. See, sometimes we're sitting here, well, God's so angry with me. He didn't give me enough. He didn't give me this. And so we sit and we're so paranoid about the anger of God when we've been spared from the wrath of God. Man, if he was angry, would he trust you with his property? Would he trust you with his people? Would he trust you with the gifts and talents you do have? No. See, the workplace you are in is trusted ground. The family that you are in is trusted ground. The city that you live in is trusted ground. So oftentimes we dream of another place and dream of another family and dream of all these different things. And we sit on what we have and say, okay, God, well, unfortunately, I didn't get what I needed. So I'm going to just sit on it. And God says, no, get to work. Get to work. Do something with it. I've given you what you need. So who in your life is God saying you need to work on them? You need to pray for them. See, life in the Christian world is not about self-preservation as much as I wish it was. But it's not individual, spirit, individualized, spiritualized spirituality. It's not just this mystic thing that we get to do our own thing. No, it's actually a part of the body of Christ. It's built around community. And God is saying it's time for you to get to work. Genesis 45 verse 7 says this. And God sent me before you to preserve for you, a remnant on the earth and to keep alive many survivors. Joseph, who went through so much hell, had a dream, right? He goes up to his brothers, I got a dream. You're going to worship me. What's up? 
They're like, we don't like that. They sell him into slavery. Goes to Potiphar's house, he rocks it. So Potiphar didn't worry about anything but what he was gonna eat because Joseph was that good. Then his wife comes in, she's a little nasty, okay? Tries to seduce Joseph because he's a good looking guy, right? Then she, he runs away and they accuse him of, you know, he, he was the one being nasty, he gets thrown in the dungeon. Then once again, he does excellence. It says the dungeon guy didn't worry about what he had to do except for to eat. Why? Because Joseph was that excellent. He interprets dreams. And then finally he gets to Pharaoh's house and then his brothers come back, the one who started this all. And when they stand in front of him in Genesis 45, you know what he said to them? He didn't say, told you, told you my dream was right. See, see? No, no, he said this. Hey, don't worry about it. God sent me before you to preserve your life. He persevered. And if he didn't persevere, guess what? He wouldn't have preserved. You can't quit yet. You can't give up. You can't throw in the towel. You can't sit on what God's given you. Why? Because what God has given you is not just preserving your life, but the life of many. Every person that you choose to work on and pray for and sow into, guess what? You're preserving their life. Your story preserves lives. Your word preserves lives. There's things that are happening. So Joseph said, hey, I didn't quit because I was here for you anyways. I came for you. You didn't send me. He's talking to the people who sold him, y'all. He said, you didn't send me. God did for you. So everything I went through, guess what? I'm preserving your life. So when we approach the return of the kingdom of God, it's not about self-preservation. It's about preserving the world. How many people can we preserve with us? This message is too good to keep to ourselves. Our gifts are not for us. Your money, guess what? It's not gonna last in the eternal kingdom anyways, so quit holding on to it. Well, I don't trust the church. I don't trust. Well, you know what? You don't trust nobody because you don't even trust God with your money. I'm not preaching next week, so don't worry. Come back, it'll be nicer. You don't trust the person who entrusted you with his own property? Woo! My life is not my own. Luke 17 says this, those who try to preserve their life in the end of time will lose it, but those who lose their life will gain it. As much as life can hurt sometimes, ultimately it's not about us. It's about what God is doing through us. The Holy Spirit is the light of the world, helps us be the light of the world, but this, it, it's really this preserving agent. It's the message of the gospel that helps us preserve the world. We are called to preserve the life of many. The keys can come on up. Look at Jesus. It said this. It says that for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus could have quit. We don't understand that. In the garden, he says this, God, I don't really want to do this. This is my version, okay? Father, I don't, I, I don't feel like doing this. But it's not my will, it's your will be done. In fact, it was so stressful for him, he began to sweat blood. We're going into Holy Week next week, and he began to sweat blood. See, sometimes it's not about what we want to do. Jesus showed us something. He saw whose lives he was preserving, and it, that was enough to help him persevere. It says, that, it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. So you want to quit. You want to throw in the towel. You want to stop while we're waiting. It seems like it's a long time. Jesus isn't coming. And guess what? The work that God has called you to is you, you can't quit. Galatians chapter 6. Don't grow weary in doing good. 
for you will see a harvest if you what? Don't quit. There's lives that are being preserved from your story, waiting for us to stop sitting on what God has given us and start sowing it. The kingdom of God is all, there's a law, and it's called the law of reciprocity. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. You'll get back. That's why it says in Galatians 6, if you sow of the flesh, you'll reap contempt. But if you sow of the spirit, you reap eternal life. So there's things that we can sow that are, everything we're doing is eternal. It's eternal. One day, the kingdom of God will return here on earth. But until that time comes, what are we doing while we wait? Are we waking up with the oil? Do we have the Holy Spirit in our lives? Are we walking by the Spirit? Are we living by the Spirit? Are we praying in the Spirit? Are we saying, God, lead me today, guide me today? I want to be led by your grace. I want to be led by your love. I don't want to be led by my emotions and my feelings. We have the Spirit of God. Are we watching? Are we those with hopeful expectation of what's to come? Walking around as children of the light and understanding that God is doing something special? That it's not that something we should be afraid of? We are not afraid of the persecution of man. Church, stop it. Quit getting in arguments over the persecution or what that is of man. Stop. It makes us look weak. It makes us look ineffectual. And that's not who we are. Because we don't fear the persecution of man. In fact, we are told it's going to happen. But what we're excited about is the promises of God. God gives us victory. He gives us hope. He gives us joy. He's coming. The last thing I'll say is we've got to get to work. Church, we've got to get to work. Irvine needs us to get to work. People in our families need us to get to work. People in our business need, need us to get to work. They need us to say, you know what? I'm going to invest and I'm going to preserve your life. I'm going to persevere so you can preserve your life. I do not want to quit because I want your destiny to be saved, your hope to be saved. I am going to keep on going by the Spirit of God so that you keep on going by the Spirit of God. So when the church sees that we don't quit, guess what? We're going to start adding people, but then the people who want to quit... Lamentations chapter 3, the prophet Jeremiah, he wanted to quit. Galatians 6, people want to quit, but we can't. And how we do it is when we look to our brothers and sisters and we say, hey, pick me up today, I'm weak right now. I I don't think I have enough energy to go to work. Yeah, you do, because I'm going to work for you. I got you. Come on, let's do it. Our world needs the church to be awakened to the hope of glory, which is Jesus Christ, that he will one day come. And while we wait, we need to be awake with the Holy Spirit. We need to be those who are watching and are staying awake. And then we need to be those who are working. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC. 